0: This call is being recorded.
1: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Had this scheduled for today, and this is probably a good way to maybe break up the monotony about what's been going on the other day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, my man at Browns Mac Draft, Stephen Thomas, your daily experts, uh, your local experts on all the biggest stories Cleveland Browns wise for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound.
0: First things first, Stephen. Did you smack my ass? Was that you, or did I smack yours? <laughs> no, that was definitely me. I'll own that shit. What are you kidding me? Of course. Well, I mean, I- it, and hey, first things first.
1: Look, guys, everything about it is stupid. I agree. And look, we, me and Pete, we talked about this last night. We didn't even think about that part. We emphasized where you know handing out wads of cash to you know amateur athletes isn't a wise idea. Look, the whole thing is just stupid, stupid, stupid. I the fact that they're even pressing charges and This is the part that cracks me up is because, Steve, is there anything bigger in the state of Louisiana than Louisiana State football? So I don't know if that's anybody I really want to be picking a fight with. I mean, I just I I don't get the point of it. And the fact is, you know, something, you know, they might get a fine out of Odell or whatever. But this poor guy got smacked in the ass. He's going to become Paul Blart in Fargo working at the mall because he is never going to be able to stay in that state.
0: Well, yeah, now that the Saints are out, LSU is definitely, and especially after they just won, uh, you're right. Um, it's it's just, I mean, yeah, and like you said, he shouldn't have done it. It was a silly thing. I'm sure he was in the moment. He probably had a couple of pops, you know. I, I, I mean, was going to you know,
1: in the moment or in the bag.
0: Or both. Yeah, I mean, we've all done it, especially after. You know, something like that. That I mean, you know, I can't imagine what those guys. I, I won a state championship in baseball a million years ago, and that I still remember that high. And that's nothing compared to what these guys just. You know, the the moments after a winning a national championship like that. And I mean, in your own backyard. It's a money grab. I mean, that's all. It's it seems to me like it's one of those. And we'll see what happens. I mean, we're all guessing here. It's very early, but. You know some lawyer told him you know hey we we might be able to get 10 grand 15 grand 50 grand whatever out of uh you know a super rich athlete so file this he'll pay it and then the story will go away because he wants the story to go away but yeah i mean it's just yeah you know i mean you, you said something at the top about breaking up the monotony is it ever monotonous when the browns are concerned i mean come on man it's it's a damn circus every single day it's It's January 16th, and they're dominating the news headlines. It's This franchise is indescribable. If you pitched this franchise the last 20 years to Hollywood, they would say, nope, not believable. You need to come back to reality here. It's it's insane. And you're right. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, I don't know how old his family is in, in Louisiana or anything like that, but if you cross in the south or texas or you know any any place down there if you cross the 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 program the program comes after you so i you know we'll see how it happens but it's just it's a silly distraction that we really didn't need right now welcome to cleveland kevin stefanski
1: Oh, I, you know, absolutely. And coach gets to go on and do an on-air Reddit today. And, you know, oh, the, the uniforms, as the kids, they say they're fire. Oh. Um, Kevin, you thought uh, and, you were going to
0: coach football. Guess exactly. what? Exactly.
1: <laughs> hope the kids got their dog and I hope the uh, Disney plans are made because uh, you ain't getting out of this one now, Kevin. Um, and it's funny that you said this and the monotony and the mayhem that goes on here. Um. I don't know. You, I don't know if you guys follow or whatever, but iTunes top 200. You know, this obviously our draft shows are really off the rails right now, you know, with everything senior boat coming up. So, and the show is in the consistent top 200. The Packers, Locked On Packers. Peter Bukowski does a fantastic job. Uh, locked on 49ers, Brian Peacock does a fantastic job. Um, locked on Chiefs, the duo over there, they do a fantastic job. Another consistent member over the past week or so, locked on Browns. What is one thing that is different than the other? <laughs> Everybody else will be playing football this week with an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. And we're all here about what in the hell can possibly happen next. And that is where we're at. But we are going to talk draft. And this it's a passion for Steve. It's a passion for me. And look, guys, maybe it won't one day have to be such a passion for us. Because I'll tell you right now, <laughs> I know Steve would. I'd rather I'd rather be talking about an AFC championship game on Sunday. But until then. And we got to do the work we got to do, okay. oh, man. Steve, this at ten here, it's turning out to just almost kind of be too perfect. And look, you know, there's more we're going to learn, obviously, when a new GM gets in here and as a new staff is put together. But you know, just eyeballing this roster, I mean, there's one right now, the biggest glaring omission, and it's because it's two of them. And then look, even a name or two went back. And then when the Tristan Werf's domino came into play. It was Oof, just like, well, God. I mean, there's no way four are going to go in the top nine selections. It's, it's it would take an absolute and guys, I shouldn't say, speak in absolute terms with the draft, but you're not usually going to get four tackles to go in the first nine selections. This fell into their laps, uh, Steve. They've and talking with Sage Rosenfels the other day, he emphasized how important right tackle is in Kevin Stefanski's scheme
0: because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he does
1: like to roll his quarterback to the right. You've it's it's set up for you any way you really want to do it, and there's the players in place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said at the beginning, you know, there's still a lot of ball game left. It's January 16th. We don't know what's going to happen in free agency. We don't know what kind of wild trades are going to have. There's always two or three big trades that nobody saw coming, all that kind of stuff. But as it stands right now, yeah, I mean. A- any one of Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, Tristan uh, Wurfs, and Makai Becton, I'm okay with them. They're, they're all legitimate top half of round one picks, and they all, you know, to my untrained eye, uh, you know, uh, to my untrained eye, they all seem like they, they fit what we need. They fit. They move well enough. They can play. You know, Wurfs and Wills both have been uh, pumped up as being able to play on either side which gives you a lot of flexibility further down the draft if you're planning to, you know, uh, draft two, which I know you and I both think is a good idea. Um, I, and, and and we should say this, too, because, uh, you know, uh, Isaiah, there are folks out there stumping hard for Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is a tremendous prospect. Saying that you don't think you, that we should pick him there doesn't mean that you don't like him. I I don't like – we have to say this every year. I don't like this player is vastly different than I don't think this player is the right pick at this spot for this team. Isaiah Simmons is an amazing football player. But if you have a legitimate prospect in front of you at one of the bedrock positions in the NFL, the chance to take one of those guys doesn't come around very often. And so if any of those guys fall, I mean – You just, you're not going to talk me off of it. It's just not going to happen between now and April. And like you said, this never happens to the Browns. It never falls into their lap like this. Now let's all just to make it even a little bit more certain, let's root like hell for Justin Herbert to have a hell of a week in Mobile this week and slide into that top nine conversation. Because if we can get him in there, then it's you know absolutely smooth sailing, a hundred percent. I can't imagine that we won't get at least one of those one of these guys. But you're right. you're a hundred percent correct. It's just it's exactly what they need. All of them seem to fit the system of Stefanski, and so I just I don't understand how you can go another a different route at ten.
1: And and the thing is, and you know everybody, you know I look and you see us talking about Makai Becton. and guys, yeah, he's a monster, but he actually can move a little bit so you're not too concerned there and then there is literally and and, you know this is one of pete's the planet theory how many seconds is it actually going to take someone to run around this man (laughs) so just him standing out there as long as he can get a couple of drops into his stance it's going to take four to five seconds to physically get around him because if he gets his hands on you it's over because he's a stinking bear so there is that to it. And, you know, we were talking about it, you know, you and I, Steve, and, you know, Pete, not about, you know, are we launching this kid too high? And then Dan, Dane Bruegler jumped in Pete's tweets the other day and said, no, I certainly can see him as the fourth tackle off the board by as early as 11 or 12. So we're not crazy. And when somebody like Dane Bruegler speaks up and Isaiah Thomas and I mean, Isaiah Simmons, and I I love Isaiah Simmons games. I do. I I, I love everything about it, but, one thing I learned years ago through the draft was with Reggie Bush. And when everybody talked about him, it was, oh, well, you, know, you can do this with him. You can do this with him. You can do this with him. And Reggie Bush never achieved the NFL success everybody thought. Is that because you didn't exactly know truly what he was? What do you do with an Isaiah Simmons? You say you put him like Luke Kuechly and say you are physically physically more athletic than everybody here or Brian Erlacher. Go out there, man my mic, and just make plays. It's great that he can do so many different things, but it's hard to build a defense around that because what do you have to do? You have to find other guys that when he's not doing this, well, who's gonna do that? Oh, well, we're gonna let him play a little nickel corner here. That's fine. Who's gonna go play coverage linebacker because I thought we drafted a linebacker for there's so that it's the switchblade mentality is fantastic. It can be dangerous when you draft it top ten. Because somebody's got to fill in the holes elsewhere while you're asking this guy to do seven different things on defense.
0: Well, I I mean, I think, you know, he's a prototypical for today's NFL. I mean, but then you have to trust, like you said, you have to have the rest of the roster, but you also have to trust your coaching staff. And we don't even know who our coaching staff is. And that's, again, I'm not, this is not a a talking down about Isaiah Simmons. If he, I'm guessing he probably goes before we run on the clock. I I think he's going to go early, so I don't think it's going to be a choice. I I really don't. But as great as he is, it's just too obvious to take, you know, if it's Worfs or mackay Becton, you know, any of them. But if it's Worfs or mackay Becton, it's just too obvious. Don't overthink it. Smartest guy in the room syndrome has ruined so many drafts. And this one, I mean, like you said, he's a monster. He's got a wingspan of, of, of you know, a pterodactyl. He's a Mackay Becton is a Buick with feet, man. And him and Werf's, I know some people have said there was a the thing you did with Sage. He said uh, something about I can't remember. I'm paraphrasing. Smaller, lighter, faster, something like that with his with the uh, with the offensive line for Stefanski's system and I know when you talk about a guy like Makai Becton and Wurfs isn't exactly that much smaller than him but Makai Becton's what six seven three sixty 360 whatever he's listed at those are normally guys that don't move that well but like you said they're like dancing bears out there and the same could be said of Isaiah Wilson who who's no small d- he's six seven three forty Lucas Niang is I think six six and something I mean there's some huge guys in the first two rounds that move like gazelles they fit the system so as great as Isaiah Simmons as great as Derek Brown I know Derek Brown has some fans in in draft Twitter and I love Derek Brown's game and it's also a position of need but it it's not a bedrock position and we have opportunities to fill on the defensive line in other areas in free agency, where we will not at at tackle there's just not much out there, so when it comes to ten and even forty one I mean it's going to be real difficult to talk me off of tackle i'm with you a hundred percent on this. Any one of those four guys uh and I'm going to walk away a happy camper at ten
1: yeah and um and it's and the thing is in you know when we were saying in the beginning, and it was like, well oh, yeah there's really really there's a bunch of tackles. And, you know, as Steven plays around with the mock drafts machines and I do, it was like, oh, you know, like, look, it takes a while for them to get caught up sometimes. And, you know, you're basically stealing candy where it's, you know, I'm getting this guy here at, you know, know, with pick 71, that's not going to happen. And the thing (laughs) is, is, you know, every draft will dictate essentially to what the positional, you know, good is. And nobody's ever tired of taking on good offensive tackles, and the other thing is, is look if I got to put them at right tackle for a year or I got to kick somebody inside, I'm only improving my offensive line. The theory is is you draft as many college tackles as possible and you assimilate your offensive line from there and you find a center um granted each draft class maybe gives you one to two they're actually starting potential, but you know you, don't, you know there's only thirty two essentially needed in the league, and that obviously is not going to be an issue here. With Cleveland, but yeah, it's it's looking good. And obviously, when you talk about you know the other Georgia tackle. Now, and now in here it was again, Steve. You know, me you and I were talking about him. And I, I guess it was either yesterday the day before. Connor Rogers, you know, from Bleacher Report works with Matt Miller. Wow, <clears throat> Isaiah Wilson, he's a player. Yep. And he, for me and Steve over here with the
0: little hands, yay, yeah, look at us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's interesting because when you get down to the next pick at 41, we've talked about 10. When you get to 41. They could go a myriad of ways, but for the purposes of this conversation, let's say they want to take another tackle, just, just for argument's sake. As of right now, you're looking at, I, you know, possibly guys in that general area, Lucas Yang, Isaiah Wilson, um, Austin Jackson, uh, one of uh, Pete's favorites, uh, Prince Teguanogo. Um I mean, you're talking about guys that are, in in a lot of other years, would be mid to late first-round picks, and they're just going to get pushed down because – There's just so many of them. So you could conceivably grab two with the first two picks. Now, if you wanted to put it off and you wanted to grab a, you know, a safety there at 41, like an Ashton Davis or an Antoine Winfield, I could certainly get behind that and then hope one of these guys falls to the third round pick. Or you could go with a, you know, a Matt Pert from UConn or a Jack Driscoll. Uh, the UMass transfer to Auburn that I, Auburn, that I know you like a lot. Um, you know, Scott Francis down there. There's a lot of guys in like, even middle to end of day two that are maybe not plug and play like the, the, the big four that we've been talking about, but certainly early on, you're expecting them to contribute. So they're in a really good position uh, at 41. And then at uh, uh, what is it? 72. 374 wherever we are in the third round something like that they're 74 you're at a really good I mean you know you could even go at 41 you could talk me into you know if they're still around a Neville Gallimore or a Justin Matabike or somebody like that um because certainly like we just said uh, defensive line is another uh another position of need and there's some guys that look to be available in that spot so you know, As long as they walk away with uh, one of those big four at 10, they're in a really good spot for the rest of their day two picks.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it, it's going to be a nice crop of the offensive tackle position. There's you know, zero doubt about that. Uh, we're going to get to, obviously, more here with Stephen Thomas. Um, We've got one question we're going to talk where it's going to be interesting how the analytics plays because the analytics are going to like this situation either way. So sometimes that's where you're just going to have to go ahead and, oh, my God, they're actually going to have to be football guys. The possible triumvirate of Ah! the three who all played football. Just happened to be (laughs) the Ivy League, so I guess that's gets no credit.
0: Can you believe it is
1: conference championship week? You're going to start your lineup, folks, with Derrick Henry. That's just the way it's going to go. Time's up for two of the teams playing this weekend. But you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch means more with a DraftKings lineup on on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game, quite like having a free, free shot at $750,000 with your first deposit. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 dollars that's some extra cash to play around with through the rest of the playoffs download the draftkings app now and use the promo code no space all caps locked on for a limited time both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit new users be sure to use the promo code locked on all caps no space during sign up and you will also get a free shot at over 750 dollars thousand dollars with your first deposit that's code locked on all caps and you can get a deposit bonus up to five hundred dollars only at DraftKings. minimum five dollar deposit required deposit bonus requires a 25 10 playthrough eligibility restrictions to apply see at draftkings.com for details now, you always know, Steve, and uh, we're always up for more picks, and it's, it's nice to be able to dance <laughs> around that board as it is. This is where the interesting question of Kareem Hunt comes in. Analytically, he is loved at a, as a player because of his versatility, and we saw even more of that here in Cleveland than he actually did in Kansas City, where, hey, I'll go block. And you know, maybe that's part of i got to save my reputation because I want to go somewhere and be a number one back. Or maybe it's, you know, hey, I am truly just a football player. The other thing is, is, you know, if you're talking about paying two and change or up to $4 million, and there you look at it, another running back, and over a three- to four-year contract, I'm only going to pay him 3 to $4 million. This is going to be an interesting decision how you handle this, because either way, the analytics are going to like the decision.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, as we discussed last year, all of my off-field opinions on uh, Kareem Hunt remain the same. But speaking as how he fits into this team, I get it. I get it. I I know you and and especially Pete have been uh, on this angle for a while now, and I totally understand it. I get it, and I I see the logic of it. I think they're going to just keep these guys for this year and then deal with it, whatever happens. I just – they worked too well together this past year. They're one of the few things that actually did work well together amidst all the mess uh that we now know was even messier than we thought at the time. So while I totally understand it, I I and I I get it. I totally see the logic in uh you know putting the tender on them or or whatever it that happens to be. I, I just think they're going to take care of it and keep him around uh, at least for this year and then deal with it at the end of the year. So, uh, you, you know, more picks are always good, but I, I don't know. There's just so much drama around this team. Why would they? That would add some more with the fan base, because, as you know, there's a large swath of the fan base that just loves him. Um, and they're yeah, in. I heard he's from Ohio. Yeah. I think I read that once or twice, Um, which, you know, to some people that matters. I I didn't know if you knew that or not, you know, being a a New York guy, I didn't know if you knew that that matters if he gets us. Um, But but, I mean, you don't want to think about the PR angle when building a roster. We'd all like to think it's all, you know, rainbows and unicorns and just, you know, pure uh, a merit a meritocracy but it's not it, it pr plays into it especially in a, a situation like the browns have put themselves in after this last 20 years of, of of you know clown car material so i don't know i don't know that you can give up a guy that offers you that much versatility um especially if you think about as we were just talking if they can and the opportunity is there to fix the offensive line in one fell swoop and Put them into this system that they seem to be a perfect fit for. I just don't know if that's the way to go. I, I um, uh, and, and there's some running backs in this class, as there always are, that uh, you know we like. I mean, you and I both still think Reggie Corbin is a huge steal if he's around late day three, uh, like he's he's currently valued. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think I fall on the side of you know just leave well enough alone. It's one of the one of the pillars of your offense at this point.
1: But one of the issues here is, and this could kind of really get out of their control. And I keep going back to a team like Miami. Miami could say, Yeah, I'll give you the second or the third round pick, and I just offered him a three year twenty-six million dollar contract. That's where it gets difficult for the Browns. Sure. That's uh you know, 'cause look, you know, if you're only gonna do thirty three percent, forty percent of the gig, I can't be paying you six to seven million dollars.
0: Yeah. And well, that's where, you know, like we always say with the draft, you know, you have your board and you stick to it and you trust your board. I think they have to, you know, set a dollar amount or, you know, a limit or whatever word you want to use and just say, this is it, you know. And if somebody wants to go, you know, big, you know, like way, way beyond that, then, you know. You know, we'll see you and have a nice day, and we'll 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 figure it out. They have to trust their limit, whatever that is, and they seem like they're. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but they seem like they're putting people in place that will do that. Um, Which is nice, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, look. As far as the new hire and the system, and, and Jake put out a great article today uh, about Stefanski's system, and it looks like they brought in a guy whose system. Dovetails very nicely with their existing personnel, so there doesn't have to be a rebuild, which is a huge change and a very nice thing. But as we, you know, have discussed numerous times, I'm of the opinion that the biggest issue goes right at the very tippy top of the organizational flowchart, and you know, until that changes, they have not earned anybody's trust. They, you know, show me show me W's as Ryan likes to say, you know, and I, I'm I'm right there. I trust them as much. I have as much trust in them at this point as I have in myself after, you know, half a dozen scotches to not tweet 11 boob joke gifts in a row. You know, there's just there's no trust there. And why would there be? But on the surface, it looks like they've put people in place that are going to have a system and stick to it and not panic the first time something goes awry because something will go awry. Life gets in the way of the best laid plans, you know? So, you know, I'm with you 100%, like I said, wrapping this back around to the Kareem Hunt situation, but they seem like they have a a team in place that will have a plan as far as as all of it, but specifically Kareem Hunt. And if someone wants to come along and throw a giant dollar sign monkey wrench into that plan, then so be it. They'll fix it along the way.
1: And look, I mean, it's, you know, you can find more running backs if that becomes the case. And but the problem is, is you know somebody throws that offer on Kareem, it's essentially the money that's going to be put aside for Knicks. So you can't be double dipping. John Dorsey probably would have done it in a heartbeat, and you know who who knows how that would have worked out. Um, now, obviously, you know we talked offensive side of the ball. We talked you know uh, obviously defensive line. Steve, where um value of this draft? I think even we we spoke in the offensive tackle position. I think the ridiculous value of this draft is going to be at the wide receiver position. Oh yeah, there's just not enough asses for seats. It's I mean, there's just not enough <laughs> seats for these asses. It's not even close. I mean, and you know, you're talking fifty draftable wide receivers. Fifty, a number that insanely large, and and it's weird to say this because you know we loved the room we had in eighteen. In nineteen, as it started, we're like, "Wow, this room is bananas! It's out of control!" And now, all of a sudden, it's like, "Well, we got a great special teamer in Hodge. You got Jarvis. You got Odell. You know, maybe you got Ratley, and you know, and everybody. Oh, well, maybe Higgins. Guys, I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, guys get scorned. and it doesn't matter that everybody's new because you know, and it's trust issues." Because the same people that put Rashard Higgins back on the map are the same people that kicked him the hell out of, off the map. So it just might be, look, I just need to get the hell out of here um, for a sanity reason. So, I mean, as much as we all love Higgins, we do. And even when they gave him the one shot, there was the game winning touchdown. Sometimes you just got to get the hell out of Dodge for the better part of your being.
0: Yeah, I think uh, we've been in agreement on this. The, the simplest thing uh, as far as, uh, you know, would be to just repair that situation sign him and then you deal with you know wide receiver four five six with you know the way they've done it maybe a draft pick maybe a you know a free agent a udfa something like that like you said there's there's just there's too many asses for the seats and you know we're going to slap some of those asses now apparently so yes but look looking at the the wide receivers in this draft circling back around to what you were saying I, you know, put, put the Jalen Ragers out of your mind, everybody put the T Higgins out of your mind. I, I, I can't imagine, I mean, you never say never, but I can't imagine the off season leading up to the draft that would end in us being in the wide receiver market. When those guys are going to be picked, they're just going to be gone long before we're shopping in the wide receiver section. But the guys that at least currently are valued in the range where you could start to make a case for it. They're damn good, like you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at the Devin Duvernay's. You're looking at Tyler Johnson. Apparently, the league is down on him, and I don't know why. If we could get Tyler Johnson on this team, I would be just yeah, The only
1: thing I can think right now with Tyler Johnson, is there something we don't know off the field? Because it right, really yeah. seems like this, because not invited to the Senior Bowl and then yep. told the Shrine Bowl to basically go pound salt, Yep. Is the kid a dick, or is there an all field incident we don't know about?
0: Yeah, and that's the part we can never know out here in the hinterlands. But just based on what we know, guy, you know, a Tyler Johnson, a Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims is still somehow late day two, early day three. Isaiah Hodgins out of Oregon State is a tremendous prospect. I mean, I, I know uh, we just both started uh, uh, turning up the flame on Courtney Davis out of Texas A and M that guy could be around midday 3 uh, uh Quintes Cephas, uh Kalijah Lipscomb uh, even all the way down to uh, Kendrick Rogers or a Joe Reed from Virginia who would help tremendously uh, in the uh, in the return game as well as the wide as well as the receiving game there's just so many and I haven't even started digging in yet you know I love especially at wide receiver to find those you know D2 D3 small school guys that you know that are you know just jumping out of the gym i haven't even started digging into those yet but i'm sure there's one or two of those in there i mean look at lynn Bowden from kentucky i mean that guy's a, he's he's like a tariq cohen type except bigger you know does everything crazy all over the place and you you never hear anything about him because this this wide receiver class is just crazy deep so if they're in a position where they want to do uh, to take a wide receiver on uh, late day two, or even all the way through day three, there are going to be guys that you and I will both be tweeting. Yeah, damn good pick. If they if they grab them, there's a lot of them. It, it's craziness, which is sort of the opposite of the uh, of the tight end class. Uh, there's a yep, few him. later, few later picks that I like, but they're longer term developmental guys. And I know everybody wants somebody to come in and contribute pretty much right away. Um, the,
1: the tight end, tight end, and, and what you're looking for is look, because you have you've got four guys between David Njoku, Seals Jones, Carlson. Well, I mean, you got three guys, you got three guys to be that second move tight end type of guy. Mm. The, the tight end they need is you know, the more traditional, he wears 88 or 89, weighs about 250 to 255. They need the big old mean cuss who can block. and even still with rookie tight ends, that doesn't always happen.
0: No, no. As we've seen with, uh, with the chief, it tight end is traditionally, if not the slowest, one of the slowest developing positions in the league. It is very rare for a tight end to come in as a rookie and tear it up. Um, it's just, it just doesn't happen. So, People need to put that out of their mind. If they're going to get immediate tight end help, it's going to be through either a trade or a um, a free agent signing. And there's a couple out there, even though they'd be expensive, uh, that might, uh, might work. Now, if you want to look at somebody in the draft, Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic is a guy that I like and will probably be around at the value that we're looking uh, at tight end. Um, if Dorsey was here, you could pretty much write Cheyenne O'Grady and his off-field problems in ink uh, to Berea. <laughs> um, you know, there's a few other guys, I mean, Adam Troutman as a university of Dayton alumni, the fact that Adam Troutman is on the draft board and I think Dane has him in his top 100 just tickles me to no end. Cause there's been nobody from UD drafted. I think since I, I, I don't ever remember anybody getting drafted from UD since I was, uh, there in the eighties. And so I'm tickled uh, about him and there's a guy from Portland state, uh, uh, um, um blanking on his name on the top of my head. Uh Jordan Reed turned me on to him. There's very little on him out there, but he plays like every position on their on their offense and he's he's really angry. But but in those guys, you're looking at, like we said, more longer term developing guys. Uh, you know, Browns fans looking to bounce back and make a playoff run in 2020 are not going to be all that excited about. If you're looking for a tight end, in that area, I mean you're gonna to have to go really early and try to grab a comet in the second round, or a Harrison Bryant, like I said, or maybe a Jared Pinckney out of Vanderbilt. I like Pinckney more than than most, and he's a big dude like uh like you were talking about
1: uh yeah, I know and yeah uh, you but the thing is though you're gambling on the blocking, and that's where the tough part is, and this is the right. guy you need um can you find some way to you know sneak Darren fells back for me? Yes. <laughs> that'd be the that'd be the easiest way, and I'd have to address it this year.
0: Um, I would love to see that just to see Brown's Twitter for the two days after the signing. That that's that would be the best part of that, I think.
1: Yeah, because you know, it also would be a Dorsey move. Now was appreciated by an analytic, race. so I mean, everybody maybe their minds would probably blow on that. Um, <laughs> as as time started to dwindle down here, um, any positional group, any couple of guys we didn't get to, Steve, and you know, I love your passion for it, and you know. I appreciate it because, you know, there's few of us and that's why makes Twitter and draft Twitter good is there's the sickness of us and not everybody gets it. That's okay. I understand. Some guys we didn't get to, positional groups we didn't get to. Go ahead, Steve.
0: Um, Well, you know, we're talking about safety. Uh, I mean, we mentioned a couple of the bigger names. Everybody in Ohio knows Antoine Winfield, Ashton Davis. Uh, If you're looking a little further down the board, uh, Antoine Brooks out of Maryland is really interesting to me. I just started digging into his tape, but he seems like he moves around. He does a lot of Isaiah Simmons-type things, but not on that level. I'm just saying he has a versatility that, that's kind of similar. Uh, Kyle Dugar from Lenoir-Rhyne. He's that small school kid we've been talking about all year. I like Nigel Warrior out of Tennessee late, late on day three. Um, you know, the Tennessee has been a mess for a long time, but his uh, athleticism is just crazy. He's got a ton of range. If you want to talk about some of the non- Headliner guys and interior defensive line. Ross Blacklock has been a favorite of mine at a TCU for a while. I also like Jordan Elliott out of Missouri in that day two range. And um, Jason Strobridge played interior this year, but he was out of position at North Carolina. So I think they move him back to edge. Um, And he's a guy – the fact that he played out of position on purpose to help the team tells me a lot about his mindset, which and that's the kind of guy you want on your team. So that's a guy that I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, through the process. Um, Alex Highsmith has apparently been having a good week at the Shrine this week. I know you and I have been fans of his since, like, August. Um, here's a deep name for you. Bryce Stirk out of Montana State. He's an edge prospect. Originally went to Washington. He's, like, six five you know 280s huge dude feasted on FCS competition so you can't really look at the stats or the film that much so I'm very curious to watch him uh he's a guy from later in there uh some other guys late that I I like that I think are being slept on Jerron Bryant a cornerback from Fresno State I don't know why he's being slept on big long fast Uh, ball skills and then uh, Jeremy Chin is another safety prospect out of Southern Illinois and then a guy I like because I I watched his bowl game when I was in Vegas and I dug into a little bit of his tape that I've been able to find Omar Bayless you want to talk a wide receiver late out of Arkansas State very fast he's the kind of guy that I think you will like Jeff specifically so I'm going to ask you to take a look at him and then uh, maybe tweet at me or DM me or something like that. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of talent on day three. You and I love digging into day three. You got any day three, uh, uh, guys yet that are your, your, your pound the table day three guys.
1: Um, I'm with a Nigel warrior and part of it is the name it is, um, Seafish <laughs> from Wisconsin. I like, cause I yes. like the fit that what I, and, and I like the fact that he can go long and I can envision a, him on one side, Odell running deeper patterns. Mixing in a tight end, mixing in Jarvis, mixing in a back out like there's yep. you know, and and part of more if you guys have been following me for a while is 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 more to where I get now is is I do get a little bit more Brown specific and, and I look for things that will fit like if you remember going into the eighteen draft I I, I want this Elvis Elvis Dumerville type well they had him they traded him away his name was Jordan Avery <laughs> um you know so that t- uh, stuff like that. I, I, you know, I don't know if I started to ride the LSU high and, you know, Pete's already busting my chops because it was uh, obviously Patrick Queen and, but the other one in, you know, Jacob Phillips, um, you know, Queen doesn't match the, you know, threshold tackle wise. Pete was busting my chops. Jacob Phillips does. And you look at the size of both these kids, six foot, six foot one, 230 range can move really really well right and either way even if Joe comes back I think more is going to be needed because you know you don't know what you have in either one of these two second year linebackers right you know what's going to be you know obviously with Mac Wilson and Sioni Taki Taki you have no idea yet where we're what the vision is for this defense. So you know in uh, overall you're always looking for more Speed and you know, obviously, safeties are going to be had you know, needed in and, and Brooks. I like because you know, I it's it's different when you talk about a guy like Simmons when you're going to pl- you know, draft him top 10 and say, Oh, well, he can do everything, okay? Because a lot has got to go into that. You draft a, a defensive back like Antoine Brooks Jr., and it's well, he can do a lot of everything, but you're getting him in round four or round five. Right. That's, you, you understand. Drafting a switch play there as opposed to drafting one that much higher, and that's kind of where it gets tricky. Time got quick on us, guys. It did, it did. Um, now, uh, you guys, you know, uh, Steve will put out two mocks per day. Um, you know, nobody was you know, smacked in the ass during any of the mocks that Steve did today. <laughs> at least, well, I don't know, I, I think Steve was home alone, so maybe I can verify that. Uh, so make sure you follow on at Brown's
0: mock draft. Does self smacking count?
1: Well, every now that I got it, you know, make sure you can actually get some blood flow going on there. So um <laughs> well, actually you're out there where it's kind of warm here, so maybe you don't have to do that as much. Um, guys, if if you don't know, guys, if you don't know, check out Steve's comedy. It's and especially if you're somebody like me and you're older, you're married, and you got kids, check it out. It's a trip. Make sure you're following at Brown's Mock Sheriff. Make sure you follow the show at on Brown's at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. This is Ben your daily delivery of all things dog pound LGB on the Yellow Bay let's go browns